It's Thursday, November 14th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Fool.com, David Hansen, and from Motley Fool One, Brian White. Happy Thursday, gents. Hey, happy Thursday. Uh, we're going to talk uh, earnings. We've got Cisco Systems, we've got Walmart, we've got some fabulous banking news to get into. That's why I'm so happy David's in the room. And we're also going to talk about. Snapchat, which this is one of those, as I said to you earlier this morning, this is one of those things that just makes me feel really old. Uh, Snapchat rejecting Facebook's offer of $3 billion. We'll get to just how insane that may or may not be. Uh, Let's start, though, with uh, Cisco Systems. Uh, I think it's worth pointing out that as of this moment, most of the stocks in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, most of the Dow 30, are up this morning, and yet the index is basically flat because system, Cisco Systems down about 12% this morning. Uh, first quarter revenue was light. It looks like Q2 is going to be even lower. This For, it, for a huge company, $110 yeah. billion technology company that appears to make a lot of money, yeah. this stock is a train wreck. Well, I think you just said it, Chris. The answer is what you just said. It's a huge company, right? And we'll talk about Walmart later, and the same applies for them. When you're that big, when you're that massive, a lot of things have to go right, right? I mean, you're exposed to everything, right? So so in this quarter, weakness uh, showed up from... uh, you know, the government shutdown, there was a little bit of weakness there. Then there's some weakness in emerging markets where customers are pulling back. And I guess they they mentioned something about, you know, the NSA leaks and things like that and whether that impacted them. What is that? Is that Cisco Systems' version of we're I, blaming the weather? For, I, I th- it sounds like it. Well, that's the thing. When you're that big, the weather couldn't – I mean, everything impacts yeah. you. So, it, I mean – Cisco is not a you know probably a great story to get behind and to invest. It's just too big. It's its day has come and gone. This, <laughs> I mean. this is one of those companies, David. I, I, there are probably plenty of people who don't really know Cisco Systems, may not have even heard of it, and yet probably encounter it every day mm-hmm. when you consider they are into cloud computing and networking software, security software. Conference calls, just something as basic as that. So it is one of these companies that's incredibly pervasive for all that they do. But yeah, the stock is just terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> one of the <laughs> one of the headlines of the quarter was, or one of the bright spots they tried to point out to was they're increasing the authorization for for buybacks. And I'm not a shareholder here, but it kind of makes me think. Why are they so eager to buy back their stock? And I realize it's cheap on kind of on the face. Yeah, of it. it's a lot cheaper today than um, it was yeah, yesterday. It's, it's cheaper, so maybe they'll get that. But if if I'm a shareholder, don't wouldn't I just rather them give that to me via dividends rather than have them buy back stock, reinvest in the business? So I don't know. It's nice to say okay, we're, we're bumping that up to 15 billion uh, more in share buybacks. But as a shareholder, which I'm not, I would kind of rather just say. Hey, I'd rather have that $15 billion in dividends, please. Yeah, there's less risk in the dividend, right? <laughs> For a while, Steve Ballmer was the big tech CEO that increasingly people were looking at and saying, it might be time for this guy to go. Steve yeah. Ballmer is leaving at some point in 2014. John Chambers has been CEO of Cisco Systems since 1995. Yeah. I think he's now number one on that list, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. I, I, 
I don't know if he's number one on the list, but I'll tell you what, it's got to be incredibly difficult to run a business the size of Cisco. I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, trying to live a normal life and then try to run a business <laughs> like Cisco or Microsoft in Steve Ballmer's case. I mean, it's... We've seen this, though, with Procter & Gamble, with, with yeah. other sort of consumer-facing well, companies yeah. that say, we have all these divisions, we're doing too much, we've got to focus, let's start shedding some of it. Yeah. It would seem like that's potentially an opportunity for Cisco systems. Yeah. You know what the interesting thing about Cisco is? Is one of the themes going forward in the future that's exciting is this Internet of Everything kind of thing. As the Internet and, and digital kind of comes to your home, yep. and what that opens up for the consumer. And Cisco is, you know, is is a leader. Is is potentially going to be a leader in that in that category? Yet. I'm not interested in investing in the stock because of it, because it's so large. What's the impact it's going to have on the company in, in the end? And, you know, I think that's that's a problem with Cisco. It's just too big. Along those same lines. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> yeah. of big. Speaking yeah. of big, Walmart, uh, Walmart's uh, first quarter revenue, also light. Uh, I, to the extent that there's a surprise in Walmart, it's the same-store sales numbers uh, dropped. Uh, yeah. The, they weren't expecting that, and this this goes back to something I talked about the other day, which just I'm not I really am not trying to be pessimistic, but I just feel like this holiday quarter when I see yeah, stuff like yeah, this yeah, to yeah. me it is it is one more little bit of evidence for my theory that this is going to be a terrible holiday quarter for the retailers. That's certainly probably true here, <laughs> and you say it may it, that was kind of surprising that same store sales were down. Is it though? I mean, is anyone really expecting Walmart to to post six percent same store sales? Not six percent, but or even a couple percentage points. I mean, we talk about big businesses. This is about as big as you can get. I mean, it's the biggest retailer in the world here. And when you look at the stock, the business is going to do what it's going to do. They're going to sell a lot of stuff. It's, they're going to make their money. But when you look at the valuation, I have a hard time seeing the case for this stock being a market beater over the next five to 10 years. I think you can certainly put your money in here. You'll get a small dividend. It'll be pretty safe. I don't think Walmart's going away anytime soon. But I think I'd rather just own an S&P index fund than, than own this stock for the next five to 10 years. So the, the business is fine. It's not growing great. But from a stock perspective, I don't see why it's really attractive today. you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with it. You know, the most interesting thing from the conference call that I took away was so driving that that uh, the same store sales. The disappointment there was their entertainment category, right? It, it was down mid single digits in terms of comps. You got TVs that play into that. TVs continue to be weak, but they pointed out something that you know toys that category belongs in their entertainment division, and uh, they say they face some challenges because kids are adopting electronics at an earlier age. So there's your typical toys that a kid might buy at a Walmart. They're passing up. And, get, and, and I find that interesting because, you know, we have mothers here at The Fool that have pointed out, you know, incredibly young age, you know, they want iPads and things like that. It's amazing. And uh, and it, so that that's the most interesting thing to me that the young kids want, you know, they want what we want. You know, I have a, yeah. I have a, I have a 10-month-year-old at home. All he wants to do is grab my cell phone or my iPad <laughs> out of my hand. It's unbelievable. I can't distract it. There's nothing I can do. I have to hide it or go in the other room. He's into Angry Birds that early? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, at MarketFoolery is our handle. Um, we had talked yesterday about Elon Musk 
and the debate around uh, what needs to be next, whether it's flying cars, self-driving cars, or hoverboards. People starting to weigh in on Twitter. It appears that uh, flying cars have taken the early lead. But get your votes in. Please tweet at us. Let us, <laughs> let us know what you prefer. Uh, also got a message from uh, one of our listeners, Irving Harrison in Savannah, Georgia, who wrote last night, please tell me, Market Foolery will spend a few minutes discussing hashtag AskJPM on Thursday. Oh, oh, we're going to discuss that already. What a train wreck. Um, so in case you missed it, on Wednesday, J.P. Morgan Chase held an online forum on Twitter. I guess the idea, part of the idea anyway, was to give college students a chance to communicate directly with one of the vice chairman at J.P. Morgan. And hey, you can send in your questions, include the hashtag AskJPM. And David, it completely backfired on them. They had to shut it down after a few hours. They got more than 6,000 questions, many of them incredibly snarky. My favorite uh, was from Josh Brown, who goes by the handle uh, Reformed Broker, um, who wrote, I have mortgage fraud, market manipulation, credit card abuse, LIBOR rigging, and predatory lending. Am I diversified? (laughs) Hashtag ask JPM. Um, what are they doing? Whose idea was this? They were trying to be nice, I guess. They're trying to reach out to the social media. They were one of the banks that just led Twitter's IPO. They're one of the underwriters on the deal. So they said, hey, let's use the service. Let's reach out. Let's try to get some goodwill with with the young kids there. I'm sure they're all going to be very mature about this. (laughs) They were wrong about that. I mean, it seems obvious in retrospect that people would put in ridiculous questions and ridiculous statements like that. But at the time, I don't fault them too much. It's not a completely moronic move. I mean, I, I don't think so. Maybe, I'd, maybe I'm just I'm a pretty big apologist when it comes to J.P. Morgan. So maybe I'm a little bit skewed. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I sense that because I want to know whose idea it was, and then who approved it. Because those people are having a rough day. They're having a rough week. They are. They're gonna. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting they be fired, but I think I, I believe in the idea that your ideas in the workplace build you, earn you credit, and that credit can be taken away. So whoever was responsible, as you said, Brian, for the idea itself and for giving the green light to this idea, I feel like the next time they come to the table within the walls of J.P. Morgan Chase and say, oh, I have an idea, it would be perfectly fair for one of their colleagues to go, wait a minute, weren't you (laughs) the person who said we should do this? And I don't disagree with you, David, about the basic idea of, hey, let's have Let's give younger people the chance to ask us questions. Let's, but to do that on Twitter, I just felt was just asking for trouble, because J.P. Morgan Chase is incredibly successful on Wall Street, but I feel like they should just stay on Wall Street. They shouldn't yeah. come, don't come to Main Street because if you come to Main Street, guess what? Some people are going to throw rocks at you, and that's just going to happen. So yeah. why wouldn't they, with all of their resources, why wouldn't they have some sort of forum on their website? Why wouldn't they reach out to business schools, that sort of thing? That's fair. I mean, I think we do have to remember there's obviously a lot of hate for big banks right now, a lot of hate for J.P. Morgan. We should remember that in the scheme of history here, how we're going to remember the financial crisis, we're still in like the top of the first inning in terms of the aftermath here. When we look back in 2060, we're going to say, wow, that was that was really soon after the financial crisis when everyone hated big banks. I mean, five years, it seems like a long time. But when we stretch this out, I really think we're going to realize, okay, that really was a lot of hate going on at the time. I think it'll slowly diminish. It'll just take time. 
biggest winner over the past year, and then obviously last night, biggest winner out of this whole thing, it's got to be Goldman. <laughs> it's got to be gold. Well, and to, to bring it back to the stock, you look at shares of J.P. Morgan up, what, around 40% this year? So, yeah. Yeah. as we just talked about earlier, yeah. big retail, not necessarily an automatic winner from the standpoint of the stock. Big technology, not necessarily a winner, but big banks, they are turning out a bunch of cash. But, yeah, just, just stay on Wall Street. Just. Uh, finally... Something called Snapchat, which, as far as I can tell, is an app. You're going to explain this to me in a minute. Um, um, has rejected an offer from Facebook for $3 billion. Uh, I guess Facebook looked at Instagram and said, we were willing to pay a billion for that. We're going to pay $3 billion for Snapchat. And uh, the people at Snapchat, in their infinite wisdom, said, no, we will not take that enormous check with all those zeros. First, for anyone like me, who truly doesn't know what this is. What? Just give me 20 seconds on what is Snapchat. Right, so anybody over probably 25 years old probably doesn't <laughs> use Snapchat, maybe. Uh, but this is an app, like you said, where you can send your friends pictures or videos, and you can set it for a time, either one second to 10 seconds. And after that amount of time, after they view it for that amount of time, it disappears forever. So if I send you a picture of my dog for eight seconds, you can view it for eight seconds, then it disappears forever. There's no way for me to save it. No. Uh, well, you can take a screenshot of your phone, uh, so you can save it that way. But unless you do that, it disappears forever. And Facebook thinks, oh, this is popular with young people. We're going to pay $3 billion. We want this. And Snapchat says no, because even though we're not making a dime right now... Of revenue, too. They've never recorded a dollar of revenue. Not profit here. Revenue. So they have zero revenue. And they were offered $3 billion. And I know that sounds completely insane. That does you have sound to look completely on your face insane. That, it, that is insane. And... I'm going to disagree with that. I do not think this is insane. We all thought it was insane when they bought Instagram for a billion dollars, right? And I think if we look at where social media valuations are today, that looks like a steal. Mm-hmm. Instagram as mm-hmm. a standalone would be valued much higher than a billion dollars here. And it's interesting, Interesting. The, the venture capital firm behind Snapchat, one of the big players, Benchmark Capital, was behind Instagram. And they were a little bit miffed that Instagram sold out for a billion. So I think they're saying here, we're not selling out with Snapchat. We're going to stay in here. These are some really smart guys. They've invested in a lot of successful startups, eBay, Zipcar, Yelp. So I think they're saying, we're going to ride the Snapchat train a little bit longer. Do you have a sense of how many people have this app? How how big a universe we're talking about in terms of Snapchat? I don't have the numbers in front they of me, but it's They say they do huge. like 350 million photos a day. Yeah. 350 million. Yeah, but is that just I don't a few hundred thousand people. teenagers yeah, going crazy know. back and forth to one no another? Idea. Yeah. A billion dollars is not what it was, right? Let's let's put it that way. They don't have a dime in revenue and you just passed up and these guys are young guys. It's it's amazing. I mean, I give them credit and I hope it works out for them, but holy cow if it doesn't. Yeah, they're 23 years old. 23. A billion, founders, 3 yeah. billion dollars. Let me give you one possible scenario. You tell me if this is crazy. One possible scenario in the wake of all this is that Mark Zuckerberg goes to his brain trust at Facebook and, yeah. and says, I'm insulted. I can't believe they turned down our offer. We're going to destroy this, this company. I want our techies working night and day developing our own version of Snapchat. I want our own version of app. I want it in the next four months, and we're going to bury these people. Is but- that – 
Appar- Pla- apparently, apparently, they've tried to do yeah. this. We were ta- I was talking to Evan New, our, our technology bureau chief, and he said they, they have something. I think it's, think it's called the Poke app. Yeah. So it's essentially the same thing. But what Snapchat has done is they've built such a loyal user base here. And these, these teens, these young people in their 20s, they use it so much. It's almost addictive at this point. So it's hard for people to leave that ecosystem and go, go to Facebook. So I'm, I wouldn't buy it at a $3 billion valuation, <laughs> yeah. but I'm somewhat of a Snapchat bull here just because of the backers, uh, very smart people that founded it. So I think there's opportunity here. It's one of the challenges for Facebook is they try to expand all these apps and do all this. It, it's going to take a user more time to go onto the platform of Facebook, go on to poke, you know, it, when you can just go right to your uh, application that is just for this kind of thing, you know, the Snapchat app. And it's just easier. I think it's just a little bit more. First of all, they they have the network built out now, so they have users. But second of all, it's just easier to go to your Snapchat app. I don't use it, but... And do, then to go on to Facebook yeah. and kind of go to the department that says I can use poke or whatever, it just takes longer. I think it legitimizes it, too, that Snapchat has become a verb, too. This isn't just an app anymore. People say, Snapchat me. Did you Snapchat him? So I think it's it's legitimate. This isn't. I don't think this is a How do one they make money, though? I was just that's, gonna, th- that's right where I was going. So what is the next step for Snapchat? Because if you're a VC yeah. at and you're backing Snapchat, and you're saying to them, no, don't take the big check from Facebook. If I'm one of these young founders, and I say, okay, we're going to take your advice, now what do we do? How do we actually make money so that we can maybe one day go public at a $6 billion Mm -hmm. valuation? Well, I I don't think they've laid out a complete monetization plan yet. (laughs) But if I were them, if I were them, what I think they're doing is they're building out this ecosystem, getting people so addicted to the service that if you get a notification that you have a Snapchat, you get the feeling, I have to see this. And if I were them, hey, I'll put a 10-second ad in front of that. You watch the ad, then you get to see your Snapchat. That's a pretty compelling they, platform to presenting ads. They do. I mean, I mean, if you look at the technology, there is they build in scarcity, right? I mean, <clears throat> in terms of, I think, Facebook, if you're Zuckerberg, you wanted it because it increases engagement, right? I mean, if you get a photo, you know it's something that I can only see for a couple seconds. I need to stop what I'm doing and check it out. Or I, you know, I never get to see it or whatever. So. Yeah, so I think it's the right strategy to build out the network, build out the kind of the addictiveness of this product. So I'm sure they'll roll out the ads. I think the we'll question see. will come down to, will people pay a annual or a monthly subscription fee? I just don't see advertising rolling through this thing, at least as it exists now. I don't know. We'll see. You think a lot of teenagers are looking to roll up a, <laughs> a monthly or yearly subscription no. fee? No. See, that's, that's, that's why I think this is the technology equivalent of – an apparel retailer. This, this, just like with apparel retail, you're betting on my teenage daughter's tastes and that of her friends on any given month and what they consider fashionable. The fact that Snapchat is incredibly popular with teenagers frightens me from an invest as an investing thesis. That's fair. It's not the ideal target market there. You don't seventeen year olds aren't flush with cash. And, and the one kind of the last thing I'll say about it is. The one thing that's a little bit harder than, than Twitter and Facebook, Twitter and Facebook have so much data on their users. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how Snapchat is collecting data because it's so image-focused. You're not saying – if someone sends a, sends a picture of a dog, I don't know if Snapchat can say, okay, that person likes dogs. I know that now. I don't know if they have the technology to recognize what the pictures are and gain information. So that's the one hurdle that I see compared to Facebook and Twitter. Chris, I think I take my $3 billion and move on to the next challenge. <laughs> I, I think I would too, but I'm old. Brian White, David Hanson, guys, thanks for being here. 
As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Ann Henry. I'm Chris Hell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. (laughs) 